Hi, and welcome to the 29th Keen Minds podcast covering The Blacklist Redemption, Episode 7, Whitehall. I'm Jen, a.k.a. Takata Cycle. And I am Tessa for Criminally Sane in Tumblr. And we are excited about this one, aren't we? We are. <laughs> it was so, oh, just there, there was, it was a heartbreaking episode. It made me want to curl up in the fetal position and cry. But it was still amazing at the same time. It, I, my, I've always had an increasing respect for the writers of, of both the Blacklist and Redemption universe. But I must say that with every passing episode, it increases exponentially. I saw so many um, roots going back into the show, so many parallels, so many little details that I am even more in awe of them. This is not a mindless show. This is not a show to casually watch. You can enjoy it if you casually watch, but this is a show that people will watch, will buy the entire thing, will binge watch, and will watch several times in order to get all the little things that are there that we're going to see as the show ends that they were all there. Oh, yeah. I. I you, you am, get something new with each episode. And even with you each go rewatch. Back, exactly. Because the things that didn't make any sense then make sense now. For example, I was missing a connection, for example, with with my Russia theme in one episode. By now I know this is just because I haven't I don't have all the information. But today I got it. Howard was born in Poland, former Soviet Union. So there you go. That's one more way in which you, as you go along, you find out all these things that mean nothing, meant nothing the first time you watch. Now they're, they mean, or the second or the third, now they mean something. And that goes back to something you and I have said since we started this podcast and before the podcast, that this is a show in which... While, yes, you have your theories, your your things that you believe about it, you have to readjust with new information as it comes in. You just have to. Like, I mean, there's, you can't set, I mean, you can set some things in stone. Like, I mean, obviously, I've got things that I have very set in stone that you won't shift me on. But if it comes up in canon, you've just got to be willing to shift with it. Yes. It's, it's, um, it's a level of plotting unheard of in a tv show yeah it's this show both the main show and this one has spoiled me so greatly i went back to another tv show the other day that i had stopped watching because i'd gotten so frustrated with it but i had heard great things about an episode that had come up i was like well i'll go back and watch it because it's got one an actor that i love in it and i couldn't get through it i just sat there and went the writing is atrocious. Was it always this bad? Or has Blacklist just spoiled me that much? <laughs> I think the Blacklist and Redemption are an experiment in in the TV. There's a there's a whole different breed. This is this is not your your uh, even, you know pig with a lipstick that most series uh, airing at night are. This is a this is a, a, a a movie kind level of plotting, even when it's done on on a weekly basis without really knowing how long do you have to do it. But this is this is a different animal. And I 
I, I am very intrigued to know what the future of TV is going to now that we're going into content TV and how I think this these networks are, are planning their transition into that with shows like this. Yeah, it's it's amazing. And like I, I've I don't, I'm not a numbers person when it comes to ratings and stuff. That's, I, I have some friends that I go to that have TV backgrounds, either from school or, or what have you, um, that they can translate ratings for me. But, um, I, I saw the other day that, that Redemption's more or less on the chopping block. I don't know if that's happened or not yet, but I, I'm going back to, that doesn't shock me. Because I don't think it was meant to go past eight episodes. I think if it had, they would have been happy. But I don't think that the first all goal, which in most shows, the goal is to be renewed. I mean, because that makes sense. You go on, you have more story to tell, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I don't think that was the case with Redemption. I think it was an eight-episode arc, like Camp said. That's what it yeah. was meant to be. If it had gone on, they would have adjusted and, and made do with that. But I'm not. I'm not shocked, and I don't think they are either. That it's not going on to a second season yeah. because I think I personally think it's going to be wrapping into the main show. Yeah, I think so too. And but I have a feeling that next year might be the last year of the blacklist, um, just because the way things are accelerating um, on on both shows. And if so, they may renew the second season. Because they may have a storyline that better is better served by redemption rather than uh, the blacklist. And they might. You never know. But um, yep. we'll see. We'll see how it yep. goes. I just I, I happened to see an article that was posted on Tumblr the other day. Mm-hmm. But the source that it, the, the person that was posting it isn't a fan. So you never know. <laughs> yeah. Shall we go with Dumont? Yes. Oh, so Precious Dumont, he's been my my big question mark lately because he doesn't have he doesn't from what we know he doesn't have specific ties to to uh, Howard or to Scotty. He's loyal to Halcyon. He's hired by Halcyon. He loves Halcyon. He works for Halcyon, and so he seemed very upset by Tom's quote unquote betrayal, which was was something he he got very attached to Tom very quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that much like Aram, he saw that Tom wasn't, Tom isn't just an operative. Like, he's, he's not just, he's clever, he's quick on his feet, he's not just the muscle. Which, I mean, mo- most operatives are not just muscle. I mean, Solomon's incredibly mm-hmm. intelligent, Nez is incredibly intelligent. But I, I think that when he came in, Dumont was kind of just expecting an assassin i guess i don't know but and then ended up getting a very very clever well-rounded well-educated individual because i remember in the first episode watching dumont light up when tom started talking about the um Mm -hmm. the uh tunnels and the the history behind it and you just saw dumont's eyes sort of light up like i'm going to like you (laughs) You Mm -hmm. and when when it came out last episode in this one that Tom was the one on that that video feed, he seemed very upset by it. Yes, I think that Dumont was was uh, had a very very hard time fulfilling his job because he started. I mean, he had always known that Scotty knows more than he said. She says. I mean, he said that you know every day of the week and twice on Sundays when when Tom asked him that. 
But there was a there was a whole different thing going on with Dumont. Dumont had not been in, in Scotty's office. Dumont was not being told the entire thing, this time personal. And I think that hurt him. That shook him. I agree. You know? I, I think that the fact that he reacted like he did to Scotty's office and said uh, it was a uh, first time, long time. So I don't know if that was the first time he's ever walked into her office or it's just been years since she's been, he's been in there. No clue. I think that's what he meant is, you know, first time I'm up here, long time that I'm, that I'm, you know, with the office. And so I think that he was being treated as this low level operative. Um, and, and I think it, 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 it cost this whole thing is costing them to all reevaluate where my loyalties lie and what is this people really hiding from me? Are they really using me? And which is a which is a very you know a very common theme on the blacklist. We're used to seeing that with Ren and with his his the people of the, the, the task force. But I think that this is the first time that this that Dumont in particular had actually felt it. Yeah, I, I 100% agree with that. I loved his response. He says, okay, good. Dead husband's alive. Sworn in your son. It's like he's putting it out there, and you can just see it on his face when he's saying it. This sounds crazy. Like, th this should not be happening in reality. You know? Yeah. Also, we, because we already have the fact that he knows his brother would betray him. Mm -hmm. So betrayal within the family is something that he is used to. Um, but I think that he felt that, that he's... Halcyon family was different and now he's realizing no Scott is just like my brother yeah I agree I agree and you just it'll be interesting to see how that pans out next next week mm. because I do think that that's going to come to point at some where yeah. he's going to have to so far I don't think he's necessarily made a decision I think he's just doing his job I agree and I agree. and so that falls in line with Scotty and we'll see next week how far he's willing to go because Howard's alive. He is publicly alive now. The whole world knows he's alive. Where do your loyalties lie when the two owners of a company are fighting for, for control? Like, yeah. where, where do the employees lie on that? And when one group's telling you one thing, the other group's telling you another. I mean, like, I mean, and that, that segues nicely into Nez. If, are you ready to go into Nez? No, I have oh, one more okay. thing to say to, about Dumont, which is we're gonna. I, I, I'm going to go a lot into into siblings, um, rivalries, and, and and attachment to parent figures. And I think that Dumont is the one cast like Tom against in between this, between the company represented by Howard and Scotty. And I think that that is going to come to play in a in an in an very interesting way. So I'm expecting a very um, nice um, uh, Dumont um, segment on the next show. Mm -hmm. And now I'm ready to go into Nez. I, I am so excited about. Nez. I do like that though. The fact that uh, setting him up as basically the Tom for the company. I really like that. That's that's a nice. Nice visual there. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> oh, Nez. And she really is caught. Because you get the... I mean, we saw it in the in the Blacklist in Season 3 that Nez was very loyal to Scotty. I mean, 
she was right there next to her. She was right. I mean, she wasn't out with, with Howard while he was running amok, searching for his son. She was there with the company, with Scotty, following Scotty's lead, no matter where her loyalties lie. Mm-hmm. And she's, she's a soldier, and uh, she did a fantastic job in portraying that inner conflict. Oh, I mean, Tony's. hats off to Tawny. God. I like I I never watched Heroes. That's not a show that I've ever seen. Um and so I never I've never come across Tawny before this. Like I knew that she was in mm. that. The the roomie watch uh watched and watches Heroes. I don't I think that the reboot's already done, but um and so she, when when she popped up on Redemption, she went, "Oh my gosh, it's whoever." You know, I have no idea what the character's name mm-hmm. is. But she knew Tawny Cypress on it. I was like, oh, cool. And But I really didn't know what to expect from her. She is just fantastic. I Hats off, kudos, the whole bit. She's just wonderful. And she's, just as you said, she's done great with the expressions, the the motions. The little ticks. All, yeah, all the little things that where the words... And that that's the fun thing about TV. Like, I mean, I'm a writer. I... I, I'm I'm a novelist. I'm a writer. I I do things in words, and I always love being able to see how people take because it, when you script write, there's so much less in there than it would be in a novel format. Mm-hmm. And to see these actors that can take what's written no on words. the page and translate it, because I mean that's what makes a good actor is being able to translate it into the visual and. There are some that just can't, and you're just sitting there going, "You just read the words and spoke them out, and anybody can yeah. do that." You know? But but Tawny did. Oh, she's amazing. You know, there was she had this way of what they focus a lot on her eyes. She has amazing eyes, and she has a way of doing that in which you can you can see the curtain sliding down, and yeah. she's not letting you in. And it's like, you know, and she did it with Solomon. She's, she knows that, that Scott is hiding something. She knows that Tommy's hiding something from her. She's fighting for her loyalties, and, and she can't tell where to go. And I thought that they made a tremendous um, theme, and I'll go into that when we go into Solomon, but they're they're setting things up in, in, in such a parallels to everything that is i mean this was so heavily layered with parallels it's like a parallel layer cake oh tasty tasty parallel layer cake yeah. <laughs> there we go tasty i didn't hear a tasty was there a tasty this episode? tasteful it was there tasteful. you go okay it's close it's as close as he could get it <laughs> when he gets to the office he got to the squ- the swanky office he can't say yeah. tasty it has to be tasteful I yeah. Love it. <laughs> yeah um no, okay, here's a question for you from Nez. Do you think that on some subconscious level she always knew that there was a familial link between Tom and the Hargraves? That that's yes, why he was there? and that's going into my parallels. I think that they're setting up this very, very intriguing pyramid in which you have Sc- Scotty and Howard. And Howard took Ness in like a daughter. And, you know, you he's soft- his, his comment to her about Nez, beautiful as always, reminded me so much of a dad seeing a daughter that he hadn't seen in a long time. 
and yeah and, like it, it was it, such a father kind of comment yeah it was it was that that soft thing and he's not you know he's pleading with her he's not forcing her he's not manipulating he's pleading mm-hmm. you know in a very open way this is you know this is like a child that he took in and, and he made well remind me of Dembet, you know taken by red and made well and you're getting like he's you're getting this family split in which uh, Howard has Tom Tom in the middle of the two parents and Ness as a as a surrogate daughter and on the other side you got Solomon as a surrogate son to Scotty and this sibling rivalries are are you know tearing apart and Dumont and Tom are in the middle like. I don't know where to go, and but I do think answering your question now directly, I do think that as Scotty was feeling comfortable with with Tom, and it, she speaks of that bond of, that never ends. The same thing happened to to um, to Ness. Ness felt comfortable with Tom because she was feeling Tom Howard in Tom. I agree. And we've we've had two different people now that Scotty, who knows Howard very well, and Liz, who knows Tom very well, state that Tom and Howard share traits. Scotty said that Tom reminded her of Howard, and when Liz met Howard uh, in the episode, she said that she could see her husband in Howard's eyes. And so, I mean, these are people that know both Howard and Tom, you know, individually very well, that have Mm -hmm. stated this. And so I, I do think that there's, on some level, not not a conscious level, but on some level, that's the reason Nez, no matter if her head was saying, you can't trust this guy, he's lying to you. You know, the operative in her, the soldier in her was going, don't trust him, don't trust him, don't trust him. But the part of her that that knew Howard, that trusted Howard to help her get clean, that leaned on him... I think it's the same part that wanted to trust Tom. It's the same part that when she found him crouched down behind that dumpster, pretended she never saw him. Yeah. And, and it was, it was exactly the same thing when she leaned into him the previous time in doing so saved his life. Uh, it was, that was where they were telegraphing to us. It's like, you know, this is, this is Howard 2.0 and, and I feel comfortable with him. Yeah, and th- so this is they're setting this this very thing. So now, Howard has his 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 daughter, uh, his daughter figure, and has Tom and Scotty has Solomon. Well, it's it's very much like um, Harold and Liz. It's that that it's authority fi- that authority figure that has, you. you've gotten so close to Thank that you, you you become it becomes like a father figure. Thank you. You you gave me the perfect entry in here because now look at what we have. We have now Cooper who helped Tom when they were on the run, and now is helping uh, helping Liz when she was on the run. Now is helping Tom as he's on the run, and it's such a beautiful thing because you're getting also a parallel between wrestler who was hunting Liz and Solomon and Ness hunting Tom and this I mean the the parallels are just so everywhere it's I, a I would I would like to specify though being a wrestler fan I don't think wrestler was after Liz in a 
malicious sort of way, like oh. Solomon is after Tom. You Solomon wants to put a bullet my, in his my, head. My Solomon analysis, you <laughs> might change your mind after hearing me. I know. Not because you're going to change into into wrestler changing, uh, ch- uh, chasing Liz maliciously, but because you're going to to look at what Solomon is really doing in a very different way. Because I... I was stunned. I watched those those little pieces that I that completely went by me. To this morning, I was watching them again and again. And I'm, oh my god! Yep, it's good. But let's go. I know that you're taking. So we'll go when we go into Solomon. We will we'll go there. Okay. I mean that that's pretty much what I had on Nez was was just the the connection there and. It was, I did love, um, another thing I was going to mention, uh, between her and Solomon, I, I liked that when she did make her choice with, with Howard, that yes, she dropped the little, uh, flare bomb into the bag, but she made sure to hold the, uh, what is the pin? The pin. That, yeah, hold the pin so up that- so that Solomon could see, so that it didn't go off in Thank his you. face. Thank you. And so, I mean, Thank like, you. yes, she was betraying him, but she was making sure she, he didn't get hurt any worse than he had to in it and yes so and i loved that because it's it's this is what i have to do this is where my loyalties lie but you're still my partner and i don't want to hurt you thank you <laughs> i'll go into that part of the theory when we're when we go through all the characters because i tell you i i am in awe of the plotting and it's not easy to see i saw it by fluke and once i saw it i traced it back and i'm i'm in awe of a plotting level so let's go into into uh, solomon because solomon is is probably one of the most interesting characters on this particular um episode okay i i will say and i i mentioned several times that before this before redemption started up i was asked do you want a, because everybody that follows my blog on Tumblr, anybody that has listened to us knows that I'm a huge fan of redemption arcs. That's my thing. I love redemption arcs. It's, it's, it's like my candy store. Um, and so they asked me, are you interested in seeing a redemption arc for Solomon? And my statement was, I'd like to see what the redemption arc is first before I say that. Because I love him. Like, I love Eddie. If anybody's been listening to the podcast, you know that we fangirl over Eddie at least once every podcast. Because mm-hmm. he's a gorgeous, gorgeous man and a fantastic mm-hmm. actor. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, like, there's nothing. Like, where, where does it go wrong? Uh, you know? <laughs> it's got to be tasty. something, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'll give it a Vermont tasty. Oh, man. Um, so... <laughs> You know, you people keep saying that we talk about Tom Keen's abs. I don't think I've talked about Tom Keen's abs once. <laughs> but good grief, Eddie Kathegi. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, now we do talk about. <laughs> we will fangirl over Eddie. Um, <laughs> all right, the fangirl all right, portion. Sorry, of, I, I got the, off on a, the... a train there. Um, but. Well, we have to have after, it. After this episode, I thought they were working up to a redemption arc for him. I'm not sure after this episode. I, I, Tessa is freaking out. I know you guys can't see her, but like arms in the air, freaking out moment. That was great. Um, just from where I'm coming from, where I sit right now, he has, I mean, we've got Tom as the lead, Uh, Tom and Scotty are the leads. And so you've got, 
he has always been against Tom, from what he said in this episode. He's never trusted him. He's been kind of biding his time. We got that impression last week. That he's been biding his time to deal with the situation of not trusting him. I mean, and don't get me wrong. I wouldn't trust him either if the guy shot me. You know? <laughs> While on a mission with me. <laughs> I mean, like, I don't... I don't begrudge him his distrust at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I, he said that, you know, that he... he wasn't going to entirely enjoy beating the crap out of Tom. I think he enjoyed it pretty well. Um, <laughs> but it just, I, the comment that Tom made, he said, she betrayed her husband, she betrayed her son, she's going to betray you. Yes! I don't, <laughs> I don't think that Solomon's getting out alive, and I think Scotty will end up betraying him. Is pro- either, there's a slight, even, there's a slighter possibility that that Solomon will turn around and betray her, but I it'll probably be the other way. It'll probably be Scotty betraying him. Okay, ready for Crazy Town? All right, let's go. Let's go with Crazy Town, because <laughs> this is where Crazy Town starts. Um, this, <laughs> I, I read, I, I, I watched the show three times, and, and then this morning I rewatched it just to see if I had missed something. Um, and I did see it. When Solomon brings, and, and I'll walk people through what I saw because it's an interesting way on how you find those little things on, the, on, on this universe. I saw Solomon bringing Tom, they, they slam him into the chair, they put them in there, and then Solomon makes a big show of showing, showing the guys off, the guards off, and they totally leave. Then he does this little gesture where he takes a key, he puts it in front of him, and he slides it into his vest pocket. Very interesting gesture. I'm I'm sorry, I'm just thinking of that. I guess it was the first episode in? Yeah, it was the first episode in with the show they put on. Yes. And then that little gesture got me thinking huh, this is not what it seems at all. And then I went back and I watched the entire thing again. And then I remember, and then you saw that when he, Scotty is telling Solomon he's my son, that's what I call off the heat. Then Solomon gives him this thing about his being the youngest brother of nine and his oldest brother being a thief and worse. And they, they got into a fight with the father he pushed the father. The father hit the no, the head on the on the kitchen counter and died. And the mother didn't give his son up, but cast him away. And he asked Scotty, "Can you do that?" And Scotty says, "After I know what it is." And that is what this is all about. Then I started looking, and I realized everything that is going on in here. It's not what it seems at all and so what do they do after this moment they put on this humongous show this is a show for somebody who's watching exactly like you said that that thing with the two in Leland Bray that they get into this little tick and you know he bit him up so Solomon is meant to take Tom and yes he's gonna take his little revenge but he even gives Tom the clue, he tells him, I'm 
taking almost no pleasure in doing that. Why almost no pleasure and no pleasure? Hey, Tom put a couple of bullets in him. He's going to take a little pleasure in giving him a couple of socks with the balls. And, by know? the way, wouldn't that break a man's jaw? I mean... <laughs> He hit saying. him on the head and the sec he only gave him two shots. One on the head, the second one on the on the nose. And then he sits down. He sits down and why? Like he's exhausted. We've seen what he did to Dembe. He beat him to a pulp. And he sat down after two swings at Tom. Then falls on for the oldest trick in the world when Tom mumbles something and also tells Tom, you know, I am your best friend. I he, love that line. I'm your best yeah, friend. I'm your best friend. <laughs> it's there. He's telling him everything that Tom needed to know. This is a setup. He was meant to escape. He was meant to get beaten up just enough. So it's obvious that nobody's is, is doing what they're not supposed to do. But there are no guards. That's why he escapes. And then when he escapes, Salmo makes no point in even trying to get out because he already had telegraphed where the where the key was. So Tom can break free. Uh, and then no guards at the door. Tom escapes. And Scotty delays he delays in giving them the the order until delays, delays, giving Tom time to do the same thing that he did with Ness on Russia, making the door implode and then, you know, getting, being able to get out. So she's giving him time to do what he needs to do. Then she goes down to the basement on her own with nothing but a gun that for all we know, wasn't even, um, even taking the, the safety off. And is then after that, his, she goes in there. He she beats him up just enough that it's obvious that she's not working with him. And then instead of trying to run for the gun when he starts to climb, which she had perfect time, she didn't get it that far away from her. She just sits there. So it, this is obvious that Scotty Hargrave. It's not. It's trying to put up a show that she's going after Tom, but she's not really. And and. And Solomon is putting on the show that he's chasing, but he's casting him away. And that's why he takes, they have that little thing, I'll take the bag. No, I'll take the bag with Ness because he's supposed to take the bag. Ness puts the thing in and shows him the, the, um, the pin. And then he drops the pin. Ne nobody was, they were not supposed to get hurt. They were just putting on a show. Now, if that's true, which is a good possibility. I One, I don't think Nez is involved. I don't think Nez no. is aware. No, uh, Nez is not. Nez uh, is not so involved. I think her betrayal with, with the bomb in the bag, I don't think that that was planned. No, two, I don't think that was, too. I'm correct. Yeah. Two, I don't think that Tom has any inkling. I think he thinks no. his mother just had him beat to hell and yes. he escaped. And she's so, good. But, but he I, says she's good. I could see... Good with all of that like i said thinking back to their show they put on in this in the first episode in solomon might be that's that's a really good catch <laughs> i had i've seen i've gone over that scene multiple times i gift the scene yesterday that's a good catch 
and that there is there is more to that theory um if you really think about the 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 thing so hold on i'm looking my notes look just like howard so i apologize for the rustling of paper you're hearing um there is scotty howard found out about whitehall as a line item a few years back scotty tells uh Trevor, that she found uh, Whitehall a few months before Howard went on the run. But Scotty only acquired Whitehall, which is a funny thing for a, a person, but I guess they are become stopping person and becoming targets. Acquire Whitehall in February 11th, because that's what Scott, that's what Howard is looking with with uh, hacking Halcyon. When did she acquire Halcyon? Uh, when did she acquire Whitehall? And she did in February, which means that who was running Whitehall until Scotty acquired him? There's still a third party out there. <laughs> yes, because yeah. it doesn't make any sense. And all, like it doesn't make any sense with the comic books, because the comic books, she's communicating with, with Solomon by phone. What does she need a, yeah. a, a comic book well the thing is that in blacklister 214 has said this over on on tumblr and i, I do agree from blah, blah, blah. i do agree with her from a writing standpoint you don't set up one of your main characters to be a the big bad like that i mean typically i mean i guess you could i mean there have been theories about red you know that all of this is a is a you know ploy which i don't entirely agree with it's like my worst fear for the blacklist is that he's using everybody but i don't think so <laughs> mm -hmm. um it's one of those nightmares um but yeah i uh i do think there's there's a third party out there mm -hmm. all right and, and yeah, no we're not we're not done with solomon but i it was a very interesting story on the you know that backstory of solomon because that was also a it was a beautiful story about about loyalty, about Solomon not really being a soldier of fortune, how he's really a loyalty person. And if you think about it, if you couple it with the story from a couple weeks ago, that happened. His father was gone by the time. So this happened before he was four, 14. What he's the youngest of nine. So the, uh, how, the brother how, has how, to be at least. No, no. Huh? How old was he when he shot the 13. Man? He was 13, 13. So this must have happened a while before he was 13 when they lost the dad because it would have built up and if he's the, the youngest of nine yeah the brother had to you know let's say that that happened you know a few years that's probably why they ended up in poverty that's what i mean yeah you know the dad dies the mom's trying to keep up with nine kids i mean good grief poor woman um, she must have been a saint. Um, <laughs> but, you know, you just, you see the snowball there of him watching that decision to not be able to give the son up but to cast him away. And how that decision snowballed because he got away with it, their father's dead, and everybody, probably not the big brother, the big brother probably didn't suffer a great deal. He got out and did whatever he did. But the, but he, I do, he, he, they were gonna suffer anyway because the father was dead, and but what he learned is you don't turn on family, which is exactly what what if you really think about what he was telling um, 
Scotty, it didn't make any sense if you believe everything that you saw after that is yeah. what it is. Because that's that just tells you that Solomon is big on loyalty. And is yes. whether it's your real family or is your acquired family. I, I do agree with that. I do think he's much more loyal than he would have anybody believe. He it's likes just not to, convenient. He he likes to play the well, it's kinda like Tom with his um with his principles. Principles are a bitch. I avoid them <laughs> I avoid them at all possible, but he's obviously got many principles that he sticks to and that he's mm-hmm. become much more comfortable with sticking to over the over the time. Well, you know. It's it's if you're ca- if you people think that you're capable of anything, you're far more effective at the job you're yes. doing. Absolutely. Especially when 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 your job is outside the confines of the law, um, so it's it's this, this you know would did Solomon really poison a child? Somehow I doubt it. But the fact that he got a reputation made him irrelevant that he did or not because people just needed to believe it. And now that we've seen you know how good these people are, are all this pretending. Uh, it just makes so much more sense. Um, and, and I think that after you start seeing those little things, I'm going to do a rewatch the, of the whole series before next episode because I think I'm going to see a lot of that. I'm going to see that a lot of those plot lines were already planted, like that scene where Solomon and, and, and Tom are pretending to fight, and that wasn't it. And all those little things are going to all come into play. All right. So do you have anything else on Solomon? Yeah, they I mean, never trusted Tom. I was going to say, that's a pretty big, pretty big yeah. chunk on Solomon. <laughs> yeah, never. that's what I said, that Solomon really, I mean, I know that we got a lot of very nice things on the other characters, but Solomon was the key to this episode. And Eddie killed it as usual. <laughs> yeah, it was just, but never trusting Tom, to me, had this, this tinge of sibling rivalry. Because, you know, a lot of people want to say that uh, Solomon has a relationship with Scotty that is more, you know, commenting on the legs and all that. But but I think that Solomon really has a relationship with Scotty are, that are is more... trying to put them together? I haven't seen that. Oh, I have no idea. But, but you know, it, it's been said, you know, like, I saw the most amazing pair of legs and I, oh, this, this woman is my brother. But I think that Solomon really has a... a, a um, a son a kind of relationship, a, a, a filial relationship. <laughs> Everybody yeah. has a filial relationship. <laughs> yeah. So, so I think that, that in Tom, there was a little something that, that Solomon always felt that, that uh, Scotty had a little soft spot for Tom, and there was a little bit of, of rivalry there. I, I had someone ask me yesterday, what it was about the blacklist that makes it stand out to me. I said, it's just a really screwed up family relationship. And it's a lot of fun. (laughs) I said, all those family dramatics. I said, that's, that's really what it boils down to. Yeah. And it's, it's true. I mean, whether they're blood related, whether, you know, adopted, whether chosen, you know, it's, that's the blacklist in a nutshell. It's a family love story. Mm-hmm. So I think that, that that basically is what that whole distrust is, you know, and if you think about it, you're getting all this, this relationships just like that, you know, they, they fighting, Tom shoots him, he tries to shoot the wedding, they're, you know, it's as Tom said, 
a, a, a dysfunctional family. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, Howard and Cooper. We saw Cooper. It was so good. I, I honestly expected both Liz and Cooper to only have, you know, bit parts. Mm-hmm. I was so excited to see so much. <laughs> I was so excited. <laughs> um, I loved having Coop walk in there because he's just, he's, he's no nonsense. Harold's always that way, and I love him for it, and I love, love, love Harry Lennox. I mean, that man, I could close my, well, I didn't have to close my eyes, but I could listen to his voice all day long. Oh, like, yeah. Oh. He, could re- he could read the, uh, he could read the, the phone book and I would listen yeah, to him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it was, it was very interesting because it's the same thing. We, we got into that parallel of him helping uh, Liz when Liz, Liz was on the run, helping Tom when Tom is on the run. And I loved that piece where he he looks at the nurses in the in the psych hospital and says, release him. And they immediately cut over to Tom bashing through the window when he's making his escape. Mm-hmm. And right as Howard's getting released, Tom's making his run from Halcyon. It was, it was very nice uh, how they yes, played that the, out. Yes, the, the cutting was, of the scenes was, was great. And I love, I love Cooper that she's, you know, he's, you know, he's like still like no nonsense. This is like, yeah, well, those are serious allegations. We find Tom. And I love that line he had about Tom. You know, in my experience, Tom King can take care of himself. Because he's seen it. I mean, <laughs> Tom showed up to his house with, you know, <laughs> dragging character. Yeah, quite literally dragging character. What do you? What would you be willing to do to save Elizabeth Keene? Anything. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, he's seen Tom at his best, and so it's, he's well aware what Tom can do. But I also trusted Howard in that when he said, "Not against Scotty Hargrave." It's Tom is good. Yes, he's excellent. Yes. Scotty's a whole different. I mean, it's not just that she's that good. It's that there's that emotional component in there, too. You know, I mean, mm. yes, Tom's had a lot of emotional things, like when he went after Carriker, when, you know, a lot of different things when, when they were trying to get Agnes back, various times that Cooper's worked with him. But he was never going undercover with his mother. It was always to save someone he loved, either Liz or mm-hmm. Agnes. It was never going undercover, more or less, against that person. I mean, yeah. because when we look back when he was undercover with Liz, he got into a, he got himself into a lot of trouble. Mm-hmm. Whatever your your emotions and and I also think that in a way Howard underestimates Tom. Because Tom is this, Tom, Tom is this, yeah, and and Tom is not just his own, his son. He's the son of of Scotty. So there is things of of Scotty in him, and I think that's what makes him, you know, who he is. Is his, you know, the more time you spend with your parents, the more time you find out who you are, and 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 Tom is capable of the same manipulative behavior in the same. Uh, strategy that that um, Scott is. Yes, and so oh god. So as much as I loved him with Cooper, with Liz, meeting her father-in-law, I just I loved that look she got. She's just staring at him like, okay, this could go very well or very badly. <laughs> I mean, they're just coming off Kirk, and that whole fiasco. We're not yeah. too far past that. I mean, maybe six months past that at this point. Less than a year past it. And suddenly her father-in-law that she's not physically met yet, who was supposed to be dead, 
is mm-hmm. standing in her office. <laughs> Either hers or Cooper's office. And she's like, okay, hi. <laughs> and I just, I loved Howard's reaction to her. When she says, hi, I'm Liz Keen, he just kind of lights up like, oh, you're my son's wife. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you're my grandchild's mother. <laughs> Oh, and it suddenly, it's like it becomes a little more real to him in that moment. Yeah, and also hort to him, I think. Yeah, I, I although, think... He, although he's doing that focusing thing. I, and that's he's the just thing like... Is, I, I do think Howard does that, because we've seen it with Tom over the course of four seasons, where he just laser focuses on something, because if he if he gives himself a chance to, to think about anything else, he's going to get distracted by the emotions, by the various questions around it. I think that's why we've seen Howard do what he's been doing with Tom and not ask a lot about Agnes, not ask about... I mean, he, and he said it later in the episode. Tom says, I've got a million questions. And he says, and I'll have a million answers for you after we finish. And I mm-hmm. think that's the thing. He is focusing on this. He's like, I'm going to get my son and myself out of this alive. And then I can catch up with him. Then I can ask him all about his family, all about everything he's been through. I want to know everything. As soon I want to pick I know up my sick. granddaughter. I yes. want to, you know, I want to play with her. I want to, you know, get to know your wife. Couldn't you but, imagine Grandpa Howard with Agnes? Oh, that makes yeah, my heart so I have a so feeling happy. that Red has been giving him pictures. I hope so. I, I really do hope so. But and it makes me wonder if maybe he didn't have pictures of Agnes on his wall to protect her. Mm-hmm. I think so. I think that it, they stopped when when he find him because it was about finding him. Um, I I hadn't known why, but I have a feeling that's why because he was getting he knew that eventually Scotty would find him. He says as he said as much. Scotty is, is smart. He's not gonna be. I mean, she go past whatever we throw at her. Um. It it was it was such a, a a great scene because we also saw Liz being the calm one, calming Tom when Tom's spiraling. Um, in you know, and once she calmed down, it's funny because Tom once he stops spiraling, goes like, "Oh, Agnes," she was so cool and with him and and just like, and you know, the whole time. I mean, she was very very calm, collected. I mean, no matter what's going on. This woman's been through chaos. It's like, yeah, oh, but she's, look, here's she's, another chapter. <laughs> she knows exactly what that feels because she had it with Rostov, yeah. and she knows the emotional upheaval that they were, that, and they were setting all that up, you know, because th- that's what this family love story is. So they, they were, you know, she was the one in the turmoil, and Tom was the one calming her. Now Tom is the one in turmoil. She's the one calming him. Yep, exactly. And I just, but I do like the fact that it, at least as of right now, and I swear if they flip this on me, I may be very angry at them. <laughs> at mm. this point, Howard needs to be a good guy. <laughs> do not play with my emotions that way, people. <laughs> um, but I, I, I do like that at least one decent grandparent that they are aware of for that poor child. You know, <laughs> I mean, he may be a little nutty, but you know, he's. I, I don't think he's as nutty as he pretends to be. I loved the, there was that line in there, one of the perks of being delusional. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was great. I mean, that was, that was, then you realize that these people are really spies. They are, they're meant, they're, you can't trust anything that you see on, 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 on the superficial level. And their visions of what family love is are very different. Mm-hmm. 
this is this is spies who trust nobody. So it, in a way, it makes perfect sense that they use their children because they know those are the ones that are not going to um, let them down. Well, there, there was something that I, I noticed when I loved the back and forth in the comic book store. That was one of my favorite scenes. Um, mm-hmm. I haven't gotten to it to gif it yet, but I, I just loved it so much. But first comment out of his mouth, did you cut yourself shaving? It wasn't, oh my gosh, your mother just beat the hell out of you. I mean, there was no reaction to that. It was snark. And, but later, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, I mean, I think that there is a certain level of danger that these people in, like, like Red said in season three, people like us, you know, people mm-hmm. like Red, like Howard, like Scotty, a certain level of danger in which suddenly that's more danger and they're willing to put their family involved in. Mm. Um, and so putting Tom undercover in Halcyon, putting him in the line of fire like that, having him tortured there was a possibility. Tom knew it. Howard knew it. But then he somehow going in and after Whitehall was crossing the line. So it's because he, he said, if you were to get hurt, was the comment that Howard made to Tom. Mm. And it was very interesting because he'd already been hurt. He, I mean, his face was bashed up. He was emotionally hurt. He was But apparently hurt. that's nothing. I mean, but, in the spy world, like, hey, did you get into a little tussle? Yeah, and that's exactly what I mean, is that you really see the difference there. Howard's talking about shot and killed, you know? Yeah. I mean, like, yeah, if you were a... to take a bullet for him or something, that's getting hurt. That's the level of... Holy yeah, crap, the rest I is nothing. It's, it's it's red with Liz. Yeah, well, the 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 stew maker torture you, um, but hey, you know what? I got him in a in an acid bath. We're good. Exactly. <laughs> it's there's you know as long as they're coming out more or less whole, it's okay. It's fine. It's just part of the that's, job. That's why they never say, you know, I will do whatever I have to do to. To, to keep you well or happy. They know well and happy are not in the cards for their family. They know the the fence, the pickle, the, the white pickle fence is not in the in for their family. They know those things don't happen. It's alive. That's what matters. Mm-hmm. And so um but it was kind of a nice Nice parallel. You mentioned it on Tumblr, I know. And I, I've i been really worried with Howard. And like I said a moment ago, that it's kind of shifted around for me that I think he's just been focused. But I've been a little worried about Howard that they were going to parallel him with Bud badly. You know, in which, you know, only was only using Tom, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. That's been my fear this season. And I really loved, and like I said, I know that you wrote something on Tumblr about this, um, the, the comment about, are you done pouting? Yeah. So basically, Tom, Tom feels like he has Useless. failed his father, and that, like, he's going to be tossed aside, you know, and this is someone he wanted to do goodbye. He wanted to help. And so, I mean, to him, with what he's learned about fathers... Howard's going to be done with him. And mm-hmm. if he's lucky, he'll just walk away, you know. Um, but and I just loved Howard. Are you done pouting? You know? Yeah, we got things to do. Um We're going to go build a satellite. Come on. Come on, kid. <laughs> you know. Um 
it was just such a beautiful scene. And Tom, you can tell he just doesn't know what to do with it. And it's funny because he's supposed to be the annoyingly positive one. Liz calls. Uh, Liz has made mm-hmm. comments before about how annoyingly positive he is. We've seen it with Tom, where he's, you know, he he's always got a way out. He's got a a option three, four, and five. He's always got some way he's going to look at it and approach it differently. And in this moment, it reminds me so much of Red. <laughs> yeah, but in this moment, he's so down. He's so hurt. He's so emotionally compromised. And you see Howard, just every time Tom comes up with something negative, Howard's, uh, you know, combating it with something positive. Like, all right, okay, well, we'll do this, but we'll do that. It's fine. Just stop pouting, you know? <laughs> and I love it. It just, you can see so much of where Tom got it. It's mm-hmm. it's very, you know. Well made- done. Oh, it's it's excellent. I mean, just kudos to the writers. Yeah, and this is this is like I am I'm in so much awe. I, I've said it before how they they had one character and how they've written the parents of this character to totally explain this character. Yeah, it's... and I'm I'm just waiting when what they're gonna do with Liz because they they have given us Ren now they're gonna give us Katarina and once we we get that it's gonna be so particular so special. But this is this is a great way of of showcasing. You know, this character became who he was because he's the the child of these two people. And then, I, I, did you love when he started calling him dad? Oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> it just, I mean, because he's, he slipped last week and called him. And mm-hmm. Howard just kind of looked at him like, what? And if you notice, that's when Howard starts moving in the hospital. Like, you know, he, mm-hmm. before he was arguing with him, arguing with him. And then, you know, of course I came for you, Dad. And he's like, oh, I guess we're leaving. <laughs> <You know? laughs> if, if you've accepted me as your father, I guess we'll leave. <laughs> you know, And, you know, that's... And he, he still calls him Howard. He's shifting back and forth. But the fact that Tom... Because I don't think he's ever called anybody Dad before. I can't imagine that Frank was ever Dad. And... Bud was always Bud. I think that's the closest he's ever come is a nickname. And mm-hmm. and so to call this man dad, it's accepting him as that. And that's that's so impressive to me that he's he's gotten to that point where he's allowed himself to open up emotionally for that. And he even tells Scotty, I take a, I guess I look after my dad. Yeah, I loved that comment. It was he it means he has so much respect for him. That big, and he's seeing him. It's. I always go back and tell people there. There is. There are a few phrases on on the blacklist universe which are very important, and the more time you spend with your parents, the more you know about yourself. It's one of the most humongous one on there, and we will go back here. He spent time with Howard. He loves Howard. He sees himself in Howard, and it's giving him an identity. He's. He's becoming Christopher Hargrave. Yeah. He's understanding himself better. And that's what Liz was hoping for. Uh, I've read Mm -hmm. in interviews that that Liz, part of the reason she was so... I mean, she's being supportive because she's, you know, she loves him and she wants him to be Mm -hmm. better. But something that I I think I heard Megan say one time, I believe it was Megan that said it, was basically she's hoping that if he can go and get the... that she understands the questions he has. And she's hoping if he can go get these answers... It'll give him a sense of peace, and it'll make him a better father, being able to fill those those gaps in. 
And yeah. so, and that's what's happening right now is he's filling those gaps and he's understanding where he came from and who he is, where he got all these traits that have just always been him, you know, at mm-hmm. his core. He, he spent time getting to know himself when he got out from under the mask when he fell in love with Liz. And so slowly getting to know himself through through season 2B through, you know, through 3 and, you know, had, had pretty steady understanding, I think, by 4. Yeah. And then now it's a whole new level. I mean, he's just cracked that open and <laughs> there we go. And, and, I think, and I think both him and Liz are, will be abandoning the white picket fence as they get to know who they really are that that you know unless it comes with machine gun nests I was gonna in, say, or in, adding the, the the guns you know yeah i mean they you already, gotta have the goons with a gun they already keep guns like i love the fact that they keep the the pistol up you know velcro to the wall inside the mm-hmm. <laughs> inside the front um front uh hallway hallway there you know it's well out of the reach of the (laughs) one-year-old you know safety but you don't have to go in and punch in a code to a a gun safe to get to it you know it's 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 very spy-like yeah it's what it's what is what people like us do yeah that's that's the normal it's and and you know what i think that liz also wanted in her search for her parents is a search for who she really is. You know where she got this 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 grifter ability. Where she got the the uh, abilities to go undercover where she has never yes. been in there to understand the criminal mind. Uh, because she's a spy and a criminal are not that different from one another. So I think that that you're going back into the family and identity themes in order to know who you really to know yourself and to give yourself a, a proper upbringing because. I mean, be as it may, neither Liz nor Tom got a good upbringing because they were both separated from who they really were. Yeah. So, speaking of undercover, undercover Howard. <laughs> oh, I love it. The, the evil, evil people. Pinch. He was so convincing. <laughs> he just keeps going, and the guy's like, what? <laughs> And I just, I love how Tom is dragging him around that whole time. Because, I mean, you got the impression that Howard was out in the field to an extent, but he's he's the computer geek. He's, you know, he's probably more the Dumont than the, than, you know, the, the Nez. Yes. You know, and, and so you've got Tom just like, come here, this way now, you know, please don't get shot. <laughs> and I just love it, you know. And it's interesting. I've been wondering if Scotty was capable of getting her hands dirty in hand-to-hand combat, and I got my answer this week. And uh, she may be out of out of uh, shape. Maybe she hasn't done it in a long time. But absolutely, I don't think I can actually. I mean, I would love to see if Howard could or not, but I don't think I he's don't the think hand-to-hand she's... combat kind of guy. He's the. We haven't even seen him with a gun. I guess we haven't, have we? Nope. But he's, he's, he's definitely he's, where Tom got think smarter, not harder from. Yeah. Or fight yeah, fight smarter, not harder. Think smarter, yeah, not he's, harder. He's definitely the uh, the Aram Dumont kind of, yeah. of the equation. Um, he's, he's really a fascinating character. Um, I would, you know, I, I'm seeing so much of red in him. It's, uh, it's giving me ideas that I know are somehow upsetting well, to some people, but... <laughs> I mean, I By do. By people, you mean me? 
imagine there would be more than you, but yeah. <laughs> but I'm being, uh, kind. I'm being, I'm being uh, yeah. But yeah, okay. I do see hey, Tessa. It's okay that we disagree on some things. I it know, happens. but I don't want to upset you because she's you start squirming. <laughs> I mean, like really squirming. Uh, I don't like to see you squirm. Um, Appreciate that. It's an involuntary motion. Sorry. <laughs> I but I think that there is there is for whatever reason those those four those two couples we're going to see share a very interesting story. I do agree with that. I definitely agree with that. Okay. Um, so the last bit I have on here, I don't know if you have any more, but uh, Howard out of Warsaw. That was interesting. Uh, I mean, he doesn't yes. have an accent. Um, so I'm wondering if he came over as a young boy. Like, he remembers stuff from, from Warsaw, but maybe came over as, you know, 8, 9, 10. Parents moved over here. Because we know his father owned a company. It seemed like in the United States. Um, I mean, that's definitely the impression that we got from the, the clippings out of the blacklist. Mm -hmm. So unless those were basically a fake background, it would seem that the father either defected or um, or the father was a sleeper, or yeah. it, it would seem more defective because somebody was was telling me, and they were absolutely correct, and I should have known that, that the the Polish people were not exactly pro um, Russian, and they were never enthusiastic members of the Soviet Union. Yeah. They they always felt invaded first by the Germans and then by the Russians. Yeah, the, the so the. It is highly unlikely that that would become a sleeper agent thing. So it's probably that either he's affected, they got him out. Um, maybe he was an intelligence or, or at least weapons because he, he was. So it's possible that Howard came when he was six, seven years old. Yeah. And that, that's kind of what I'm thinking. And it would also make sense if he remembers his life in Warsaw and then came over to the United States as a fairly young child. Mm -hmm. It makes sense. Like I, I believed his speech about the shining hill on the, the shining uh, light on the hill. I believe yes. that. I yes, yeah, so did I. Uh, because I mean, he's working. He's, I, I love that. Fuss with that a little. You know, <laughs> it was such yeah. a dad thing. Fuss with that. <laughs> um, but it was such a nice little scene with him giving Tom something about his past and explaining he's they've got this moment where he can explain where he's coming from on some and why he's so so emotionally invested in this and I just and I loved the comment that Tom made I've got a million questions because it's just repeating what Liz said mm -hmm. from the blacklist when she said you've got you met your mom you must have a million questions for her. and he said I do, but they didn't matter because I was coming to you, basically. They're my past. You're my future. And and so I loved hearing him repeat that I've got a million questions. Mm -hmm. And Howard's I've got a million answers after we're done. Yeah. It, it, was, a, it was a great moment. I, I, I find uh, I'm in awe of the way they have throw the character of Howard and Terry O'Quinn is officially one of my new favorite oh, actors. He's, he's amazing. He's so good. And so, I mean, I, I know him from Hawaii Five-0. I never saw, um, what's the show everybody knows him off of? Um, with, with the plane crash on the island. I, 
uh, Alias. Elias. No, that's not Alias. He was on Alias. Uh, I yes. do know him from Alias as well. Uh, what? What's the? Oh gosh, what is that? The uh, the plane crash on the island. In... I yeah, I know. I can I can. I'm blanking on the show. Like I'm probably gonna get yelled at for this because everybody's seen this show and I I never seen it and so. Hey, I... it's morning. Yeah, We're allowed. I, I haven't. I got allergies and I have. I'm not properly caffeinated. Oh no. Um. um okay, uh, did so you we... notice? In in I want to just say one more thing about Howard. How he does this thing when he sees Richard Whitehall. It's like, oh my God, you're like a demigod. Well, and I he just advances he towards was. him like, I can't believe I'm finally seeing this genius. I don't think he knew what Whitehall was. I, I like I've seen I think I've seen people talk about how well how oh, he, he knew. knew. I don't think he knew. I think that when he saw him, he knew that he was Whitehall, like it pieced together. But when he saw Whitehall as a line item, I don't think he knew it was a man. I do not think he, he said knew. acquire Whitehall. Yeah. I so do. I think he knew by then what he was. I see with that expression on his face. I don't think he knew until he saw him exactly what it was because acquiring something can someone or something can also be an object so i think he was thinking it was some sort of weapon it's an interesting thing yeah because it was i mean it was like an awe of oh my yeah. god this is richard whitehall yeah i i think it clicked with him there and he's going i was wrong because i mean he just started ghosting towards him and tom's going howard howard you know as he's ducking yeah he's, he, like he couldn't he couldn't help himself like this is yeah. this man is is legend and i'm in front of him and obviously obviously whitehall knew him he knew whitehall because whitehall recognized him and so they probably have worked together before maybe he thought he was dead maybe you know he'd gone missing years before I'm, I'm not sure about that but i do hear what you say uh -huh. it's possible something was in there that he wasn't entirely aware of what what yeah. it was uh and um it's it's a very interesting setup that they got over there, and I'm, I can't wait for next week. Shall we go into Scotty? Yes. So one of my first questions about Scotty, to get it out of the way before everything else, because honestly, I had started distrusting Kat. I, I still don't entirely trust her, but I'm at this point where I'm going the Kat-Trevor-Scotty triangle. What is the point? Like, I know there's a point, but I'm... I don't know what it is. It's Do you just... really think that, that um, she got the wrong phone by mistake? Maybe. I mean, maybe maybe Trevor switched him? I think he did. Because he talked about picking hers up. Yep. I think he did. And so I think, yeah, I don't think did, that that is a, 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 yeah. a, a love relationship between Trevor and, and Kat. I think that Trevor target target Kat. So I'm not sure what's going on in there. I'm sure that we will find out next week. But I think they might be more what it seems there. And Trevor was trying to get Kat in trouble. Wait a minute. On the blacklist, something's more than it seems? Yeah. Isn't that surprising? Oh my gosh. I never thought. <laughs> Crazy stuff. So that's, um, that's just kind of one of those. It's hanging out there and I'm going, I know that there's more here. I just don't know what the more is. Hmm. And yeah, so... she's also the one that didn't say anybody that Howard wasn't taking his medications. Mm -hmm. There is a lot in, in Kat that we don't know that it doesn't seem so immediate and obvious. I'm not sure Kat's not working for Howard. 
that is one possibility. Another possibility is that she's working or for a third party yeah, or, I, or I just something is up in there that I don't know what it is. But I am now convinced that there is a third party involved in this and is 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 causing them to be at odds with one another. Mm-hmm. So so you do think Scotty's working for somebody? I think Scotty is somebody is is pushing the buttons, and I think that I don't know who that is, but I think that that whole thing was a show. Even if it yeah. was a show, it's somebody that has eyes on her. <laughs> so, I I have been very upset with Scotty after this. Like, I do think that she will eventually come back around for me. Like, I don't think she's gone so far that I won't ever be able to forgive her. Um, and I do this a lot with Red. I mean, I, I'm sure people remember my... I, I'm almost worse than Liz with flopping back and forth on Red. I'm angry at him. <laughs> and then I'm like, oh, I get why you did that. Okay, everything's good now. <laughs> um, that's kind of how I feel about Scotty the last couple weeks. But when she was talking to Tom, when she was fessing up to the fact that she knew who he was, et cetera, et cetera. And I was good and to the point where she she was sitting there she had her hands on his neck and she said don't make me give up my boy i got so mad at her <laughs> because it was just such a manipulative well it's what she had been talking with solomon i, I you know, know it cast was. him away i know it was but it just it broke my heart because i'm sitting there and it was so Hmm. And and it just as it kept unfolding, and like I said earlier, I know from Tom's point of view, this has to line up so well with Bud. Oh, with with Bud, this is this is Bud all over. But the interesting thing here, I found was Scotty looking at the picture of little Christopher, mm-hmm. and I remember Rostov looking at the picture of little Liz, and and Red. Tom and Red looking at the picture of little Liz. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is this she made is the a comment. She said, "I will always remember him this way." And it was almost like she'd the way she was saying it was almost like she'd ex- it was her acceptance of his death at that point. I will always. Well, he was rem- casting him away. Yeah, and that's and maybe that's it. Maybe she was trying to give him an out so that he'd have a chance to survive all of this. But I also think that that Scotty. There's a very, very different perspective in, in, in Scotty and Howard. Howard never accepted that Tom was dead. Howard never stopped looking for Tom, never stopped having the hope of finding him. So in his mind, finding him was just what he expected to do. Mm-hmm. It, it wasn't this big shock. He hadn't, as he said, he never healed. He never moved on. He stayed in there. So he was in that space and he got out of, okay, I found my son. And for X reason or Y reason, I'm going to wait until a certain moment to let him know that I found him and who he is. And I, I'm sure that now that he was the one telling Red who Tom was. And I pr- I'm pretty sure that Red didn't save Tom, that Howard did through Red. Um, and... But this, the mo- the thing is that Scotty had moved on. Scotty accepted that, that that Christopher was dead, and at that moment when she 
thinks she's she thinks she's gonna find him. She's crying over the picture of of the over the whole movie. She's she's um, upset about when she watches you know when Kevin dies. It's like it's it's been a roller coaster for her. Then she she gets a little hope is squashed away. And finds Tom only to find that he's working against her. And I think that because she had moved on and considered him dead, it's not such a big thing for her to cast him away because it's, I don't know, I found you and you're this stranger against me. Yeah. And if she really thinks that Howard is behind Whitehall or was trying to take Whitehall for nefarious purposes, this is... And in, this is a very intriguing thing. And if somebody is above her, maybe holding something that she holds dear, like I'm going to hurt him, I'm going to kill them, then it makes sense that she's, in a way, trying to give them an out and trying to cast them away. Because at least if she casts them away, and maybe that's what she did the first time, if she casts them away, she can, they can survive. Yeah. And um, it was interesting. Scotty made a comment to Solomon early on. She said, I... Was it um, a dream had, and a nightmare? Yeah, the dream and nightmare comment. It was. I had a nightmare, or I lived a nightmare that I woke up from in this dream, but before I could even enjoy it, it turned into a nightmare again. And I feel like that's really what Tom's going through right now, because he he spent most of his life thinking that his parents abandoned him, which was his living nightmare that he he'd finally kind of come to terms with. I think over the years and then he finds out that his parents might actually love him have been looking for him and then that's waking up from the dream and then suddenly he's thrust into this situation which his biological mother had him beaten and held hostage you know held against his will and is holding his father against his will and it's it was very interesting that wording and the fact that tom's living the exact same thing on his end you know nightmare dream nightmare yeah, it's also interesting because when you see him, you know, Howard being held against his will, you could look at things like this in two ways. It was she holding against his will, but was he also protecting him? Yeah, I mean, and that's, by I being think... in that very secure facility, he was in a way safer. So it almost makes me I'm not sure about this. It almost makes me question is somebody watching over her? And this is a big situation like we had with with. Uh, with um uh I, I think you said that or blacklister 214 said that a situation with rosha and um and not being his operation yeah i i made the comment blacklister might have as well it sounds like something she would say as well but i do know that i made the comment on tumblr about that mm-hmm. that we've we've had that in the within eight episodes we're going to see a lot of parallels we're going to see a lot of foreshadowing and that kind of thing and mm-hmm. <coughs> excuse me Blacklist does that a lot, and so it's just. But it's twenty-two more, episodes. I was gonna say it's more condensed here, and so when more it was, even though it was just a couple episodes ago, we're gonna be seeing it a lot sooner, and mm-hmm. so that's I I definitely think it's a possibility that we might be seeing a Rosha sort of situation, in which someone's pulling the strings, and if that's the case, I agree with you. She might have been trying to keep him, you know. He's he's dangerous if he's out, and therefore they might put a bullet in his head. So keep him under lock and key. Keep you know, and in her own way, she was trying to help Tom. And then, but as soon as Howard was out, it was probably safer for those two to be on the same, you know, to be together anyway. So you never know. It might have been some elaborate, and I hope it was because I don't want to hate Scotty at the end of this. I really don't. 
Yeah, I think this is this is going to be, you know, uh, I, I think next week is going to get our neck are going to get like, you know, out of shape from from the whip lishing that we're going to have back and forth. We're going to be going like, whoa, <laughs> you know, <laughs> this this curves they're they're throwing at us are pretty steep. Yep. And so it'll be interesting because they, they did promise a lot of answers by the eighth episode, which I'm very mm-hmm. excited for. Oh, Scotty. Scotty. And you saw another parallel, Bud, with, uh, because Tom Tom had so many possibilities of killing Bud over the months that mm-hmm. Bud had the hit out on him, and he purposefully did not go after McCready. And we saw him with the gun on Scotty. It probably would have been a whole lot easier for him just to put a bullet in her and walk off. Mm-hmm. And yet he wouldn't. It's his mother. I mean, it's in, I, I think that's something that's come with him, is that this is someone he cares about. He's not going to actually hurt them. You know, it's, he, he'll protect himself against them, but he's not, if he's got the upper hand, he's not going to do any unnecessary harm to that person. I mean, like when he and Liz fought, as soon as he was capable of doing it, he had her cuffing herself to the banister and stopped the fight as soon as he could without, you know, anything, it going further than, than it needed to, to make sure that she didn't put a bullet in him. Did you notice something? The scientists working with um, Richard Whitehall were both wearing plaid shirts. Were they? I didn't notice that. Yes, indeed. So something is not as it seems. Shocking. Yeah. Yep. I. I. It's um. Th- let's talk about the scene where Tom puts Scotty's gun on his forehead. Oh my that was gosh. Powerful. Oh, I I think he was so hurt right then. You could just feel it rolling off of him because you had the situation with Bud. First, he was about to shoot him in the face, and then he was going to shoot him in the back of the head execution style. And so Mm -hmm. I think at this point, Tom's just like, I dare you to. You know, like, if you're going to be like him, then just do it. And... Which which kills me a little, because, I mean, he's got his family to go home to, but I think he was hoping she wouldn't. <laughs> you know? Do me a favor, Liz. What, you know that you're going to kill me when this is over, so do me a favor and look at me in the eyes when you do it. Yeah. Yep. Look me in the eyes when you do it. Exactly. Because it's, if someone cares about someone else, they can't look them in the eyes and shoot them in the face. I mean... <laughs> Not if you actually care about them. I mean, mm-hmm. now, most people can't look someone in the eyes and shoot them in the face anyway. But, you know, I mean, it is spy world, spy people. I mean, but if if she actually cared about him, she wasn't going to be able to do it. And he knew that. And so mm-hmm. I think it was a small test. I mean, it was a very dangerous test. But at that point, what are you going to do? I mean, th- I think at that point he was so angry and hurt and it's like you're gonna do it just do it yeah. you know like like he told uh like he told um uh bird is there a question coming yeah you know when he has it on his knees and he's about to die is a question coming i mean if you're gonna do it do it the same thing he'd said to uh to um solomon you know spare me the theatrics and just do it yeah and but so the Tom- theatrics were very important for solomon they were and they always are for him <laughs> But yeah, that was, oh my gosh, it was such a powerful scene, and it was so painful to watch. He was so upset, and 
I mean, because he, he really had kind of shut down his emotions up until that point to, to get through it, you know, and just shut down and gotten through and fought back. And and then suddenly he's face-to-face with his mother, who knows he, that she's his mother. And there, there's that scene, that beautiful scene earlier when she's asking him in the office how he could knowing what he did about her looking for him mm-hmm. and how much pain she was in, how he could lie to her. And Tom's not a weepy soul. I mean, there are very few weepy moments with him. There have been more in the last couple seasons, but he you he got a couple of tears going there and he goes, Who was I supposed to trust? You know, and he, he tried to tell this, her a couple times. Yeah, he, he was saying this, he was saying this. I didn't know who to trust. Who am I supposed to trust? And, I, and, uh, and that answer he gives her, you know, I came looking to see who you were. Oh, it's just, oh my gosh, yes. And he wished that he hadn't because he found out she was a cold, which is interesting because that was the part he played for Bud for so many years, the cold-blooded killer that would, you know, be able to do anything. I mean, we, we've seen him torture people. We've seen him go into that mode of, you know, just the the almost soulless operative mode that he puts the mask on sometimes like like with jesse in season one when he mm-hmm. delivered the, the tattoo to red <laughs> um i mean yeah there seems to be a thing about delivering body parts in in containers yeah the pinky i'm worried about pinkies um <laughs> and so, i'm officially worried now scotty thanks for that um <laughs> but uh who's gonna lose a finger <laughs> um but um you Interesting know, thing, because that was what what she got chopped off, Carla. Oh, I guess she did. And uh, that is a, a thing. So if if my theory is correct, and Carla is indeed one of Katerina's name, she just gave up her pinky finger for disappointing her boss. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I found another one. I tell you, I mean, folks, you, I mean, this is not a show to casually watch. You get to look very, very, very deeply to, to get everything in here. And, you know, all that deeply that I found, I'm sure that I'm missing about half of them. Yeah, but, but Tom and Scotty just broke my heart this, it was this episode. I, I just, I'm upset with Scotty. I want to hug Tom, you know, <laughs> it's... It was a very interesting comparison between Red and and Liz faking her death. Because, I mean, if you think about it, that's exactly what Liz did. You know, got from under him mm-hmm. and, and, and and Red was despondent over it. So it's, it's a very interesting comparison they always make. Um, and they seem to be a, a theme of bad mommies that turn out to have been not that bad mommies. But at the first, like alias. And, uh, which Eisendrath was huge in, so not, mm-hmm. not totally shocking. So, are, are we ready to move into Tom and my King Squared? Yes, go. <laughs> Keep going. Tessa lets me go on this because she knows mm-hmm. how much it makes my heart happy. <laughs> so, I loved, I mean, and we've talked a little bit about Liz already, but I loved Liz in it because we had it, that scene, that opening scene, which... And if you're stateside, you lost the opening scene because the news popped in. Um, 
But uh, did, did you lose it up in New York? I'm assuming I lost it. Oh, okay. Yeah, but yeah. I watched it in Amazon after. Yeah, that, that's I I saw it the next morning. But um, anyway, I I honestly expected there to be more to the scene than the preview uh, the clip that they put up um before the show aired. And so the next morning when I was watching, I'm going, oh, that's that was the whole scene. Okay. Um. Yeah, they caught a lot of of the scene because I think they had more in one of the promos. Uh, yeah, I think that there was probably a lot that they chopped down from that and. I wanted. I'm really hoping they put a lot in the DVD for this. I really need my extras on this. Um, but the the whole conversation there with him spiraling and her talking him down reminded me so much of right before their wedding when he showed up after Bud had died, and mm-hmm. was just the, all of this is happening. I don't know what to do. He's he's in emotionally uncharted territory and he's freaking out. And she's she just takes his hand and is calming him down. And she did that so well here, and I just, I loved the way she handled everything with him on that, from that uh, comment to when he's in, you know, when he's on the run, he calls Mm -hmm. her, and he's trying to get what needs to be taken care of, taken care of, and her first line out of her mouth is, are you okay? Because Cooper said you could be in trouble. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. one of their favorites. Are it, you okay? It really is. That's, that's one of their things over their phone conversations, are you okay? It's it's always been that. Um, thank you. Good catch. I didn't catch that one. <laughs> Good mm-hmm. call. Um, but I, I just loved that. That he's he's on spy mode and she's going, No, no, stop. Calm down. Talk to me. Are you hurt? Do you need help? Let me help you. You know, and same thing with the final comment the final conversation they have. You know, this is insane. Please let me help you. I mean, she's so desperate to make sure he's okay, that he's he's going to come home to her. And I know there were a lot of people that were hoping that redemption meant the split of the Keens. Just so you know, if anybody's listening that actually didn't watch the episode, they're still strong. They're still going very strong. It's, you know, from the moment they made the choice of keeping Tom alive, they've been telling a story through them. Oh, and. Yeah. And the story is is meant to be a comparison between their parents' relationships and their own. And the, the reason why their parents' relationship was different is because those two made the choice of being truthful to one another. Something yes. that in spy world doesn't come that easy. Exactly. And and it's I, I just love the conversations they had. I like I said, I expected like one phone call. And then we got the clip, and so I expected that to be it. But he was talking to her through the whole thing. It was so nice. It was so nice seeing them together and her meeting what Howard. Did, what did you thought about? This is my bat. My this is this is my battle. If when she asks if he needs help, he says, "This is my battle." I that was an interesting one because I mean he was right there with her through Kirk. Hmm. Um. But then again, their daughter was missing with that that no one needed to stay home with Agnes because and then for the most part once they had you know once they had Agnes back he was Liz was not on her own specifically but until she got taken by Kirk Tom was home with Agnes when she was up at the hospital and everything Tom was home with Agnes and it became not not her battle in like she had no emotional support but someone has to stay home with the kid (laughs) you know like they are parents first and foremost as much as they want to support each other they're parents and i think that to an extent that this is my battle is one he's got to figure some of this out for himself he can't he can't live it through her 
he has to find some of these answers for himself, and two, they have a little girl to think about, and if both of them go rushing off into something dangerous at the same time, which yeah. this this could be a suicide mission. He's aware of that. She's aware of that. I mean, that neither of them want it to be, but someone's got to be there to take care of Agnes at the end of the day, and so he can't let her come in the middle of this more than she already has. Yeah. Well, it's it's also seen, you know, that that he makes a comment. I don't want to lose anymore. I don't want to miss so much uh, any more of that. And we've seen that comment over and over on the blacklist. We've seen Red says, you know, I should have raised you myself. You know, I can tell you what life without a child is not much. We've seen Liz miss those first couple of months with Agnes because she was pretending to be dead. Uh, we've seen Rostov talking about missing her entire life and being a father. So this is a theme that we've seen of, of parents having to miss their child in order to keep them safe. Yeah. And so, and I do think that Tom's doing that a lot because Scott, he knows all about Agnes. She knows who she is. She know, I mean, so, you know, Liz is, Liz is a good protection there for her and she's got Liz there with her. She's got the task force there. She's got protection around her. Mm -hmm. And Tom's taking care of it in the field. And he's taking care of his end of it. It's an interesting thing, too, that all of this is happening as Red is basically uh, missing in action looking for yeah. Dembe. So not a coincidence, I think, is going to come around because, in a way, it has left, you know, Liz with a clear mind to focus on, on whatever they're, they're doing. Um, yeah, I thought it was an interesting comment because, in a way, there are battles that the battles about your own family and who you are have to come first through you and then they can go through your, your spouse. Well, I mean, it's the same way that when, like, the decision that Liz had to make about if she was going to try to double cross Kirk when mm -hmm. when she was mm -hmm. working, you know, trying to get Agnes back. It was a decision she had to make. And she and Tom talked a lot about that. That it couldn't and come Cooper's from Tom. And Cooper told her. Yeah. Cooper told them, you know, even Tom doesn't have anything to do with this. Yeah. And so, I mean, there are certain things that she had to make those decisions for herself. Yes, she bounced ideas off of him. Yes, he was there to support her. But in the end, they were her decisions that she had to make because it was her, she thought it was her father. And yeah, I mean, it's just, it's because what happens if you make the wrong decision because you made it for your spouse? Do you regret it your entire life? You have to make those decisions for yourself. Um, can I add a couple more um, uh, parallels that I found? Yeah. Remember Demby throwing away Liz's phone when she was trying to talk to Cooper? Yeah. 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 Howard. I just, I, but I love that it could have just thrown the battery out. Yeah. <laughs> like right. It was exactly what, like, the Liz had the same look, like, what? What did you just do? And then and then he takes out the phone from the from the glove compartment given to her to get star 77 yeah. and howard does the same thing so it's it's very interesting how all this parallels now remember also we're getting all these things with comic books right now you remember the comment of of tom and wrestler on the cabin what you're the justice oh, you're the yeah. justly one man so justice we, yeah yeah and so we're getting a lot of these things. We're getting we're getting this just yakuza things. We're getting this this um, red talks about a Japanese thing too of of uh, of the of the pain. He talks to Natalie Luca about that the pain. Fish, the fish at one point, the sushi. 
the yes. poison sushi. Uh, yes. Google, but they're have? both like getting these things. They're they're very nebulous sometimes, and you don't get to see them. But they, to me, I found that the blacklist forms like like figures in the mist. It's a it's a as a metaphor I use all the time. You see like a little figure in the mist, and it becomes clearer and clearer and clearer until you finally like hit you on the head. You know, if you don't see it then. Um. um I think that is about that uh, that I have in my crazy notes, uh, but definitely is going to be very, very, very similar to. Um... So you saw my 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 parallel about wrestler and Solomon because if you think that Solomon is just being complicit and kind of like playing a role, um, not that wrestler was playing a role and he was really trying to get Liz, but. There's, there, you can eliminate that component of, oh, you know, he was really after him because he wasn't. And it's the actions that he takes when you really examine them belittle that he's saying, no, yeah, yeah I, I'm really going after Tom to kill him. He's so playing a role. Saw something. Um, but yeah, um, I'm, maybe. Um, we'll, we'll see. You're not I, convinced about that one. We'll see next week. The good yeah, thing about about I, eight eight series is you get payoff. Yes, I love that. <laughs> I love that so much. It makes me. It's so an interesting sad. contract with the blacklist, where you have to go back two seasons, three seasons back in order to see, you know, one of the dangling threads being picked up. Yeah, and which they do often in the blacklist. Mm -hmm. Go back that far. Well, I think that about wraps us up. Do you have anything else to add? I do not. It will be, uh, next episode is going to be a very interesting one. So make sure you uh, come back and listen to it. Yeah, and we'll go straight in and we'll have that double episode of The Blacklist coming back, which is the huge Dembe episodes. <laughs> Dembe and Kate. Oh, that's going to be so exciting. I'm, I'm really stoked. Like, as much as it breaks my heart that Redemption's going away, and as much as it breaks my heart that we won't have Tom on the first few episodes back because of filming and such, mm -hmm. it's still going to be freakishly exciting on the blacklist <laughs> so yeah sure i mean we'll dembe, to talk about. dembe is number 10 and and uh and it seems like uh kate kaplan is is also pretty high up in there oh have we seen kate's number yet i don't think that i that it's not clearly you can see there's a picture of the front and it looks like a seven but i don't know what it is uh tom seven uh I Tom is still the highest ranking blacklister to date. Mm. Number seven, 007. <laughs> oh, look, nice catch. Uh, all right. So follow us and uh, don't, don't forget to tune in to us. Yeah. We are on YouTube, iTunes, and SoundCloud. And then you can chat with us on Facebook, on Twitter, and on Tumblr. We'd love to hear from you guys. And we'll see you next week. All righto. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.